Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Hey guys, Omar Khan here with Beta Trading Co. I wanted to tell you about episode 124 of the Breakthrough Podcast. We currently have a special offer for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. We're offering a free one hour live training session where we show how to instantly add stock options as a new income stream. Now I've used this myself personally over the years to create a sizable real estate portfolio for myself and there's no reason you can't as well. Cool thing is it only takes about 30 minutes a day. So if you have a job, or if you have a business or you're just spending a lot of time with your family, you're gonna have time to incorporate this in your life if you take the time to learn this, okay? now. We're also offering a 15-minute free consultation to discuss how our option strategy can work with your current investment strategy and really take your investment to the next level, okay? So for more information, check out 30minutesstocktrader.com forward slash breakthrough to join us on our free live training, our next webinar. Remember again, episode 124, where Sandy and I go over exactly how I use this strategy to acquire a large real estate portfolio for myself, and there's no reason why you can't as well. See you there, guys. Talk soon. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Oh my goodness, we are back. Welcome everybody and thanks for joining us today. Um, we have a great show again for you guys. Lots of fantastic, indispensable, uh, valuable information for all of you who are out there just trying to struggle through this real estate investing quest that uh, we're on. And uh, speaking of struggle, joining me again today is Sandy McKay. You had a bit of a struggle recently. COVID struggle. I know. I know. I don't yeah, I know. Waste, waste too much time about it. But yeah, COVID struggle, I guess, like all, like all of us, a real COVID struggle, meaning I had it. But, um, but we're past it, so I'm feeling good and uh, ready to go. Special Friday edition of the show. Yeah, Friday edition. Most people are used to us doing this on Wednesdays, but we shuffled some things around to get our guests on here when they were available. So hopefully we still have uh, a few people checking in and asking questions. You can go, if you're listening to us right now, you can go in the chat, jump on, and you'll be able to ask away and uh, hopefully get some answers from these guys um, 
Wayne and Gabby Hillier here with us. Hey guys, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you guys? I'm excited to talk to you guys. Uh, before we get into it though, I just want to remind everybody who's listening to go over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. You can listen to all of our episodes. Um, we're on 143 today, so there's quite a few to listen to if you are just new to the show. And uh, and you can also pick up our free gift. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. Uh, you can pick that up at BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. And uh, when you do that too, you will get on our um, on our email list, so you never miss a show. You'll hear about everything we got going on in our uh, our worlds with um, you know business stuff, property tours, seminars, etc. So make sure you get on that, so you uh, so you never miss out and you get all of our content. Absolutely. And if you haven't done so already, please go over and leave us a rating review on iTunes. It helps out a lot. And I believe we have fixed all the problems from the other platforms where people were saying that they were having difficulty getting the newer episodes. I think everything is up to date and fixed now. But um, if you guys are still finding a problem, please let me know. I do appreciate you letting us know. But anyway. Hey, they can always find us on Facebook and YouTube as well, live during our shows. So that's uh, that's another way they can definitely make sure they never miss out is, is go find us there. Yeah, there's no lack of ways to find us. <laughs> so get out there, look up Breakthrough REI Podcast and join in. Um, what's new, Sandy? What do you got? Other than other than being laid out for a couple days there, what's new? <laughs> uh, what is new? Just cl- uh, Just... Uh, finalized a, a refinance on a 12 unit building that was awesome so we've got uh we got all of our money back out in like less than i think it was be about 14 months so it was pretty big success that was that's probably our biggest win in the last couple of weeks um for our investment stuff uh because typically with that size of building you know it might be more like a two-year timeline mm. and, and not necessarily all of your money back out of it um so we just finalized it hasn't officially gone through yet but we're just we finalized all the mortgage stuff on that so in the next couple weeks we'll um pull some funds out of that which is exciting uh owning a building like that with basically no money in after after you know a year of having some money tied up but um just another another version of uh you know seeing the power of that strategy that we like to use the the burr strategy and it can be done on any any type of building but uh that one happened to be a, a 12 unit one that was um yeah, it was it was really rough, so it was fun to to go through. And uh, now now it'll be really nice to just sit back and just uh, let it ride. So combination of I guess the the market, the way that the market's gone recently, and a, a bunch of work that you guys have put into it. What do you think was the most important thing that you guys did in order to get that done like that successfully? <clears throat> Well, it was a crazy time to do it because we were delayed on some permits because it's it's COVID and this, this property or the city was all delayed on giving things like that out. So we had a lot of like little delays here and there through the process. So I was I was just surprised in the timeline. Um, you know, working with the tenants is probably the biggest thing there that that was um, I would say like uh, uh, I guess a, a piece of it that we were able to navigate pretty well. I think you know working with tenants to have them. Nobody, no tenants don't want to leave where they've been for a long time. And that in this case, a lot of those buildings where you're dealing with bigger, it's not that big, 12 units, but d- properties that are not like a, a like a purpose-built building, <clears throat> apartment building, let's say eight units more, <clears throat> at least in Hamilton, there's a lot of tenants that have lived there for many, many, many years, decades sometimes, right? So 
having those conversations with them to find uh, a solution um, because they need to leave for us to do the renovations and 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 optimize the building. Um, you know, navigating that is sometimes not that fun, but we were able to to source you know find find solutions to it and um, quicker than I would say most people are able to, uh, which ends up being a big for the timeline for us ends up being a big win because um, we're able to find a path for them to move on and be be okay with it. And also financially, we're you know not holding uh, the, the the property for too long in its kind of uh, limited state of uh, uh, that it was in. So that's the I would say that's the biggest challenge for a lot of people in those two is just navigating that. And fortunately, we were able to figure out some solutions that worked and, and make it happen faster than than most probably would. Yeah, that's fantastic. Congratulations. That is a big win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you say we jump into the interview? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited for it. Well, let's bring in, yeah, Wayne and Gabby Hillier. Happy to have you guys here. And um, we're going to talk a lot about uh, a few things, right? Seller financing, agreement for sales, uh, helping homeowners out of situations, so creating win-wins developing a vision, creating uh, a real estate investment roadmap and building a real estate business with your spouse, which is super exciting because that's something uh, I've been doing too over the last almost a decade and uh, love hearing different perspectives on that. Actually, I guess Rob, all of us have. So interesting to hear that. I'd love to to dive deep on that. So I'm excited. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. So we'll start off the way we always do. Let's find out how you guys got into real estate investing in the first place. It was me. It wasn't her. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> it was me. I um, I was uh, working. I used to do um, like welding inspections and non-destructive testing. And uh, I was working on a night shift. And uh, a bunch of the guys were talking about investing at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I just kind of stumbled in there. And and I uh, was just kind of getting involved in the conversation. I had never done any investing before. But uh, the one guy, uh, so they all talked about, you know, uh, oh, I'm into this. I'm into that. I'm into Suncor or some oil, that kind of stuff. And then one guy is like, oh, I own rental properties. And everybody just gravitated towards him. And I guess he owned like 15 properties or something like that. And everybody thought he was the coolest person in the world. So I ended up, um, I spent a bit of time with him over the next couple of weeks on that night shift on that, uh, on that shutdown and uh, just kept picking his brain. And then he recommended a book and then it all just kind of went from there. I don't know. He was just that one person that like kind of gave me that belief that it could be possible. You know what I mean? You always have that kind of breakthrough moment where, you know, you never would have thought that I would have been a, a real estate investor or bought more than one property at that point in time. But yeah, he kind of, you know, uh, gave me a little bit of confidence and and gave me the real estate investing in Canada by Don Campbell. I went and started with that. And then it was just from there, it was, uh, well, it was about probably 18 months of trying to convince my wife that uh, <laughs> we should do this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then we got into it and it was just no turning back after that. Once you kind of have that belief or once you have that, uh, you make that decision that you're going to get into real estate investing, it's very, it's very rare. You see people kind of turn around and change their mind, right? They're just so dedicated to it. It's a great, great point on, uh, it's funny how one person can trigger that, that thing in your life or one little, you know, that's, uh, I guess, uh, you know, your environment that you're in and the people you're around are, are a major impact in your life. When, when one person you can see that's, that's maybe feel similar to you and you go, oh, crap, that person's doing that. Wow. I guess I can too. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty impactful. Eh? Where are you located too? Tell us where, you're, where, you're, where you live, where you, where you run your business. Uh, we're in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, we mostly invest in Edmonton and then uh, just outside of Edmonton in Leduc. Um, yeah, that's, that's where we invest. 
Okay, so you got that book. Um, did 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 you both read it, or was it just you? And then you're like saying, "Okay, here's what I learned, and here's what we can do." And uh, no, and that he kind of thing. he sent me to to work to my job with that book and told me that I better finish it. So <laughs> I spent my my breaks and my lunches uh, reading through that book, and yeah. But then he also um, it, it didn't stop there. He also like when I would get home, he had this big whiteboard in the office, or I guess at that time was more your guitar room. Yeah. And he would write out scenarios of like, if we bought this house and then refinanced it and took the money out. And like, he had like this whole grid of like 20 years worth of buying rental properties and yeah, kind of helped, helped <laughs> visualize what the possibilities could be. Cause he knew that I was just scared crapless. Yeah. I had that like mindset of not wanting to be a landlord and all the horror stories that could happen and all those types of things. So mm-hmm. definitely took some convincing. <laughs> <laughs> and and to this day, I mean, it wasn't until actually recently that, that you really even just like really got on board because, you know, for the longest time, you know, it almost felt like, I don't know if I should say this like on a podcast, but you kind of almost felt like my employee. I would just, I was, here's the plan, honey. I need you to go do this, 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 and this. And it, and it worked, but it wasn't the best way that we wanted to do it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's better than not starting at all because you yeah. both got to be on the same page, right? Like that's what I've found too is, um, you know, sometimes when I get, uh, I might get ahead of myself a little bit and my wife will say, okay, dial it back, you know, let's let's finish two projects before you start the next one kind of thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, and and like it's just a personal preference right like some somebody else might say let's keep going you're being lazy what are you doing but as long as you're on the same page then you know things are gonna often work out better right yeah and looking back um so you what there was a delay. sorry go ahead no no that was rude (laughs) i was saying that you know looking back on it now it's kind of we uh it's kind of like a yin yang kind of thing um because you're right I, me, I'm like, we can do this. Let's just go full throttle. We, we're, we're, we could do so much more. We're bigger than we think that we are. And Gabby's more of the, okay, just pump the brakes their way. And let's just, you know what I mean? So she's very conservative and I'm very, you know, ambitious. Um, and it, 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 it works out really well. It balances it out nicely because otherwise, um, commonly say um if it was if we had two of me we would be way over there but there'd be a giant mess behind us because nobody would be cleaning up afterwards not saying you clean up my messes messes. (laughs) (laughs) she cleans up my messes but uh at the same time like you know it's like i said it's all about balance making sure that we're i'm not just going 100 percent full throttle that way and then i'm missing small things you know that i'm leaving behind like tenant relationships and making sure that everything is organized properly so uh, we complement each other very well. So what was your first investment then? How did you get into that one? Uh, it was our first house. Uh, we bought it with the intent to renovate it and sell it. And we didn't know what we were doing. Um, and it was it was a house that was like the cheapest one that we could find, just like everybody else. You know, you don't have that much of a down payment in the beginning. Um, we got really lazy in the beginning. We didn't really we were very uh, hesitant to start joining networks and taking courses and coaching and stuff like that. We assumed we could do it on our own. So how long did we sit on that house before we actually renovated it? Well, we ended up selling it at the five-year mark. So yeah. and which in that last year is when we got most of the stuff done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It um, would actually, would actually re-sparked or uh, re-sparked our, the whole idea was um, Gabby got pregnant 
And uh, that was like, <sighs> do you guys have kids? Yeah. Yeah. So it just like, just like every other, you know, investor or every other dad, sorry, you know, you have a, the idea is coming up. Oh, shoot, I'm having a kid or you have a kid and you're like, suddenly you want to start organizing your life and you're thinking about retirement. You're thinking about college and other thing, everything else. So it was like, as soon as we found out Gabby was pregnant, that's when we decided to renovate the house. So we renovated it together and it was a, it was a very fun experience, um, uh, you know, renovating a house with your wife who's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that's a two by fours flying around yeah yeah but we did and it, it you know we made a lot of mistakes and we didn't make as much money as that we thought we were going to but we flipped it and then we took the proceeds from that and bought another house and we that one had a, a an income suite in the basement is that your grocery strategy now too is it the is it the income suite uh, secondary suites or how has that developed over time what type of projects have you have you focused on it's always been based on the resources we have at the time um, we'll always, we've, we've learned so many different strategies, you know, over the years that, um, as an opportunity comes available, you know, we'll look at it, see what resources we have at the time and whether we take it or not. So yeah. I'd say that our journey has really been opportunity based. It's like, as things come up, it's like, oh, do we have the tools to make this work? How could we make it work and have gone that way? So we've gone through, well, we've utilized many different strategies, mm-hmm. um, but definitely, um, adding secondary suites has been a big part of our journey in the recent uh, past couple of years. Yeah, as as funds and capital started to increase and joint venture capital started to increase, that's when we could start hopping into those those uh, those more expensive projects like adding secondary suites. You know, a full renovation is one hundred and thirty thousand dollars to renovate upstairs and add a secondary suite. Plus, you got your down payment, so. On average, you know, unless you've got a joint venture partner, you need about $200,000 to do a deal like that. And in the beginning, we didn't really have those funds. We were just getting started. So once we got to that point, we started utilizing that. And then just recently, we kind of um, we got away from it a little bit because the market's not really perfect for right now where we are. Um, we're still looking at it. But uh, right now, we're just focusing on um, seller financing deals and rent owns. So talk to us a little bit about seller financing though, or, or vendor take backs. How does that work? And what are you guys looking for in that? We've only done one vendor take back mortgage and that was almost by accident because we didn't know that the, uh, the seller had um, a fully paid off house. But uh, we learned a few years back uh, about a strategy which is not as popular in Ontario, but Alberta, Saskatchewan, BC, it's, it's very well known. It's called uh, Agreement for Sales. And uh, we took a course on that in 2016 and that just completely changed things for us. And and what an agreement for sale is, is kind of like a VTB, except it's not directly tied to the equity that the seller has. So with a vendor take back mortgage, obviously they can only give you the equity that they have. Um, With an agreement for sale, it's, it's seller financing, but the seller keeps the mortgage and the title in their name. Uh, which is really cool because it doesn't matter how much equity they have. They could, you know, it could be, they could have zero equity. They could have a $300,000 house with a $300,000 mortgage and they can give you seller financing for X amount of years. They keep the mortgage and the title in, in their name and you get all the benefits of appreciation, mortgage pay down and cash flow. So we yeah, started. You're, you're agreeing on a price up front and you don't, yeah. you don't, and from what I understand, I don't think you even have to, it's just an agreement for sale if you want to, right? Uh, we are obligated to. It's, a, it's, it's, it's almost like a delayed title transfer. So all the paperwork is done with the lawyers. There's an agreement that says we're gonna make these monthly payments. 
uh, and this is the amortization, this is the term, this is the interest rate. Um, so that the lawyers can actually have their own mortgage amortization uh, schedule that could see how much mortgage we've paid down, which it, we're entitled to. But yes, we are obligated to close. Okay. How do you find people like that that are open to that? Or what type of seller uh, is going to be attracted to that offering? Nine times out of 10, you're dealing with a motivated seller. Um, it is possible. There are a lot of tax benefits um, for the delay. Say, for example, if you had a large portfolio, you're a little bit older, and you didn't want to sell all of your properties in the same year because you're going to get hit with a huge tax bill um, or capital gains. What you can do is you can have an agreement. You can, you can sell them off with agreement for sales so that you don't get the, uh, the capital gains charged to you until that year that it closes. So it can be a very strategic uh, strategy. But like I mentioned, nine times out of 10, it's mostly motivated sellers. So a great example would be like that $300,000 example I gave you earlier, where, you know, maybe they bought it for $310,000 uh, two years ago or a year ago. And market went down a little bit. Uh, they probably paid CMHC fees, so they don't really have that much equity. They put 5% down. Um, so they, you know, maybe they lose their job, something happens, they need to move. They call up the realtor and the realtor says, well, you don't have any equity to pay us. So we're not going to take your, we're not going to represent you unless you pay us up front, right? Because they want to see that they're going to get their, their realtor fees. Also, they call up the bank and the bank says, yeah, sure, but you're locked in a, in a five-year fixed mortgage. So there's going to be $15,000 worth of mortgage penalties to cancel. So in a situation like that, where someone needs to move, lost their job, something happens that was outside of their control, and then they find out that they can't sell their house and they can't make the mortgage payments, I mean, that's they're in a bit of a pickle. So they're running low on options. So that's a great example of just you know how a situation where, where we're able to step in and help someone. We can take over your payments. We'll take over the property taxes. You can walk away from the situation. And here's what we need in exchange. And so how does that, how does that uh, from their perspective, I guess, how does that... How is that more attractive than someone just buying it right out from them right away? Is it is it a bit better of an option for them in most cases to to delay it like that, or or what what scenarios do you find yourself in like in that type of negotiation? Mostly the low equity, no equity situations because you know yes, absolutely they could sell the property, but they'd have to sell it privately, right? Because they wouldn't be able to pay a realtor. And if they right. let's say they owe three hundred thousand, and their house is worth three hundred thousand, I mean. If they sell it, they're going to have to pay the bank $15,000 cash <clears throat> out of their own pocket if they sell it for three hundred, dollars which they probably won't. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. If, if someone's able to sell a property and, and be able to break even, 100%, you know, we'll help them into that. We'll help them find a buyer. We'll, we'll coach them and make sure that the, that's the best option for them. But ideally, you know, what we're doing is we're offering a solution. And that solution, it's got to be a win-win, right? We got to make sure that they are getting what they need, that they're walking away, they're not losing money. Um, and also, we, obviously, we're getting terms that benefit us. We don't have yeah. to qualify for mortgage. We don't have to put any money down. And we're acquiring a property, which which is huge. You know, when we were getting started out and we ran out of joint venture prospects, we ran out of our own money. We got three properties. We think we're great, but... We're like, how are we going to get the fourth? How are we going to get the 20 like all these other people? And then that's when we learned that strategy instantly. You know, we were able to start acquiring more properties, um, though, you know, they're not great, you know, awesome cash flowing properties just based on the way that, you know, the the mortgage and the expenses and the rents um, for that you know type of property. But we were able to move forward and then leverage that experience and bring in more joint venture partners and, and, to, and, and grow. <clears throat> 
How do you find those type of uh, opportunities? Where, where did you have a, a system around finding those types of people that are in that scenario? Uh, Com free was really good. Um, the 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 zero fee uh, real estate pages, uh, purple bricks. Typically, those types of sellers they are normally um, listing on those websites because of the fact that they they can't pay a realtor. And if you look and you see it's built in 2020 and it's on Comfrey or Purple Bricks or Property Guys, whatever in, in whatever market you're in, you can normally tell that there's a reason. Um, and and I know that most home buyers put five percent down. Most home buyers are obviously paying CMHC fees. They're nine times out of ten locking into a five year fixed. So I know all of their their details before I even walk in the door. So I'm just looking for very specific things like, okay, that house was built in 2020. It's a year old. I know that they don't have any equity and that they have a problem. So I'll just reach out to them and uh, have a discussion with them and find out if that's a problem that they have and then offer that solution. Alternatively, what you can do is reach out to um, private listings on Kijiji, Facebook, anyone who's selling their house privately, you can just reach out and say, hey, would you be open to seller financing and, and just start a discussion that way. Yeah, it makes sense because they can't. They can't. They, they're looking at it and going, "Well, I can't afford a realtor. I can't. I need to sell, but I can't." They're they're trying to find a solution to avoid paying fees on the sale, right? Yeah. So anywhere where where that would be a, an option for sale by owners in, into some way, in some way, shape, or form, or that makes sense. And it mm -hmm. also makes sense why maybe why do you think that's a lot of those are in uh, you know the places you mentioned Alberta, Saskatchewan, not really Ontario. Any any thoughts on why that would be? Uh Alberta, because we've had a very flat market for about 10 years. <laughs> yeah. um, I also just think that it's hugely in part to lack of education. Like we have the leading educator of these types of strategies here in Alberta. So oh, yeah. like it's just kind of slowly spreading its way across the country. And like, um, so Barry McGuire is who we took our education through. Mm -hmm. He's here in Edmonton. So there's like a huge community of people who understand it here. But as you get further out east, there's not lawyers who understand it. There's not, you know, like all those aspects come into play where, um, but I think it's catching on. I think that, yeah. yeah, they've now been out and done courses out in Ontario. So I think more right. people are just learning about it. More lawyers are getting on board yeah. and I think it'll grow that way. Yeah. For sure. Well, the market in Ontario, Southern Ontario at least has not, not been, not been flat. That's for sure for a while. Yeah. So it's yeah. probably... Definitely part of it too. I think you're. That, that's what I. That's what my guess was in Alberta, where it's. I know it, Edmonton for sure too. It's. It's very dependent on. Um, on on uh, oil, I guess, for um, a few mm -hmm. other things, but primarily that, right? So I think if if that's not doing so well, the market's not doing so well over time. There's a lot more opportunity for people that are underwater a little bit, right? If they haven't it's, got the equity growth. Yeah, it's a solution to a problem, and that's not a problem that most cities in Ontario have. There's a lot of people out in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia that are trying it too, and they're they're running in the same thing. We're like, I can't get any deals. Well, I mean, the seller doesn't isn't desperate enough in order to need that. They don't have a problem. So if you're trying to stuff a solution down their throat and they don't they don't need it, then they're probably not going to do it. But it's like I said, there's lots of different ways you can use it, and we've used it creatively in different scenarios, um, and not just the low equity, no equity um, scenario. Uh, you know, the, the, the tax delaying, um, you know, to, to benefit on um, how much taxes you pay on capital gains. It's, it's, there's a lot of really cool ways. It's a really great strategy. It really helped us around that, like I said, that third or fourth property where we hit that wall. 
and they were able to acquire a bunch more and then leverage that experience and then leverage those deals and then obviously built up more capital. And that's, you know, you asked earlier, like what, what, what strategy do you focus on? We've been all over the place because as resources start growing, you're able to do bigger deals, right? Um, it's, it's kind of like that whole, you know, the, the, the greenhouses and then you get to a hotel, you know what I mean? A monopoly. Um, so you, you got to start off doing some, you know, maybe not riskier deals, but deals with more risk and, and less money uh, until eventually you can get to a point where you can start doing the really good deals and getting the best returns. So you mentioned risk there. There's there's obviously got to be some type of risk involved in a strategy like that. What, what are some of the risks? I'd say the biggest one is probably the fact that most sellers that you're dealing with are homeowners. And homeowners, like I said, put 5% down. So they have 95% loan to value mortgages, which means higher mortgage payments. If you want cash flow, you need to put at least 20% down in most markets, right? So when you have a high ratio mortgage and uh, there's not many properties, at least in our markets, that have a rent rent to expense ratio that would cash flow for a 95% loan to value uh, mortgage. So uh, most of our properties are negative $100, $200 a month in cash flow. They're still profiting you know, from appreciation and, and mortgage pay down. It's just on a month to month basis, you know, you're supporting that. So you need to be able to either um, uh, cover that yourself in the short term or pair it up with another strategy that can increase the cash flow and, and, and make it more easier to balance. Most of our agreement for sale properties. No, most. most of our pro- properties in general. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> did I miss? I miss speak. We don't we don't invest in non cash flowing properties in general. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's a risk thing. Like yeah. we 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 kind of took a step back from agreement for sales for a little while because is is easy not as easy but like as good as we were at finding those deals and helping those sellers and closing them. Um, I didn't want to build a whole portfolio that was negative $8,000 a month in cash flow. <laughs> Though we're making lots of money long term, you know, you got to make sure that your portfolio is diversified and that you have good healthy cash flow. So like I said, we leverage those opportunities and that success and then we're able to get into more cash flowing properties, which eventually evened out our portfolio. Okay, so you guys have a, a theory on why maybe most real estate investors never succeed. What do you mm-hmm. why do you think that is? What do you think, honey? <laughs> Put you on the spot. Well, probably, I think, lack of certainty. 100%. That's what stops. I mean, like, that's what over the years has stopped me from wanting to take action is just not knowing. And it usually holds people back until they gain the certainty. So the only way that I was able to take action and step forward was getting certainty from Wayne. Wayne always seems to have an answer for everything. So (laughs) whenever I'm like feeling scared or anxious about something, it's always because there's a lack of certainty there. So Mm -hmm. would you agree? 100%. It's, uh, there's, there's no shortage of courses being, you know, available, uh, coaches and stuff like that, but there's always that one little thing that kind of prevents you from, from taking action. It's like, Oh, what about this? Or, Oh, what if this happens? What if this happens? And is that again, that lack of certainty that you think that everything's going to be perfect. So a lot of people get stuck on that and they don't do it. And I'm sure just like your market and your networks, you see lots of people coming in every month into the real estate investing, you know, community. And they're all like, they're changing their Facebook profile, you know, descriptions. And like, I'm a real estate investor. And they kind of float around for about three or four years and they don't really do all that much. Maybe they pick up one. And, you know, I, I think another thing is that um, they don't they're not really focused in on, on why they're doing it. 
they, they saw somebody on some podcast or they talked to somebody at, at work and they thought it was really cool, but they don't have a very strong why that's drawing them to it. And when you don't have something, you know, an outcome, a goal, a why that you can attach to it, you know, day to day, you may, you may be good for a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, but then when the hard days start coming, that's when you start quitting. That's when you, you don't make that difficult phone call or you don't take on that deal that you were a little unsure about. Right. You're not willing to, to take that step and, and not know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. which you see that a lot. And unfortunately, I'm not I'm not, you know, poking fun at it. It's just it's a very unfortunate because, you know, that people don't have that level of certainties in order to go do that because there's a lot of great things you can do. Yeah, I do think one of the big things is just accepting all of the problems that do come along with it, because like you said, well, what if this happens and this happens and almost certainly there will. Right. So you just have to accept it and try to understand that when the time, when and if the time comes that you are, you will find a way through it. And it may seem, uh, it may seem very intimidating at first. Um, but when you look back on it, you know, there's all, and there's always somebody else that you can talk to who has went through the same thing as well, can help you through it. Right. So it is important to get out there and talk to those people who, who are doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that does take away a lot of the uh, fear, uh, a lot of the uncertainty when someone else, when you can say to someone, well, what happens if I do this? Well, if you've never done a deal and you two are talking to each other when you start, what happens if this happens? You go, I don't know. Um, what do you think? Like, you, no yeah. one's got the answer. You got to talk yeah. to the people that have done it. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Most very important. There's a, there's a very cool <laughs> exercise that uh, that we like to do, or I like to do on a regular basis. And I like to just go up to Gabby in the middle of the day, because we work together now. Uh, we work together at home. And uh, I'll ask her, hey, remember when uh, when that happened? When that tenant did that thing? And she'll be like, oh, God, yeah, I completely forgot about that. And then I'll be like, isn't it kind of funny how it doesn't bother us anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you kind of laugh mm-hmm. at those moments that you used to be like, oh, my God, we have to quit. We can't do this anymore. That that one tenant that was very difficult to get out, you know, you thought that was the biggest problem in your life. And then now look at all the stuff that we're dealing with on a regular basis. So it, it's good to look back every now and then just to kind of see how far you've grown and how far you've come. And that's it's it's empowering. It, you know, I kind of stand up a little bit taller and my day is a little bit yeah. easier because I know that whatever it is that I'm dealing with right now is not that bad compared to if you asked me in five years. Absolutely. For example, let me bring a little something that happened to uh, me on the very first rental project that we did. um, There was a foundation leak. We found out about it after the fact, right? The the house needed to be wrapped. I didn't know what to do. I thought the sky was falling in. I'm like, this is going to cost like 8,000 more dollars. How do I explain this to the people with money here that, you know, we just need eight more thousand dollars. Sorry, I didn't uh, budget into it, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, lay awake at night going, oh man, I'm using someone else's money and now I got to tell them this and what happens when something else goes wrong on top of it, you know. Today, my contractor called me, said, yeah, we got a foundation leak. I'm like, great, okay. Um, you know. Call this person off. over here, call this person Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Took care of it in like a half an hour and then moved yeah. on with my day. So yeah. it's, it's nice, you know, when you realize that, I mean, it's not great news. Don't get me wrong. It's just that we've been through it now and we know yeah. how to navigate it. Yeah. You know? And I think it's important for people to, you know, for those listening, it's, there is, there is hope. You have to have hope. Um, someone else has been through the same problem you've been through and they've, and they've persevered. 
And um, you're never going to have all the answers when you get started. You're never going to have them. doesn't matter how much money you put into it either. $40,000 worth of coaching doesn't matter. There's always going to have, there's always going to be things that you don't know. And you have to just kind of take that chance and take that risk and, and know that the, you know, the gains that you'll get from it will outweigh the risk or anything that could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Drive down the road until you hit the red light and then read the book that tells you how to turn it green you know? <laughs> and then move to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Wayne, yeah. I didn't, you, it sounds like you had, you had maybe not full certainty when you were re- ready and itching to go at the start. Um, or maybe you did, but some variation of that, I guess. How, how were you able to move on? How were you able to take action anyways? Even, you know, you, you mentioned um, you know, people needing certainty, which I agree. How, what level of certainty did you have, I guess? Or if you didn't have full, like, how were you able to still take action in those cases? May I? Yeah, thank you, because I didn't <laughs> want to sound. <laughs> I think that he had full certainty. I think, I think that he thought that he knew everything and that he had a fully laid out plan and that he was rip-roaring ready to go. Um, I wasn't so certain and I needed a lot of assurance and Wayne had all the assurance to provide. (laughs) So I think that he, but also like we, you had sat by the, from the time you read that book to all of the further education and reading books, listening to podcasts, all those types of things. I think that you felt like you had the answers, right? Which turns out we didn't have all the answers, but enough to get Wayne moving at least. Mm-hmm. And like when I think back, I was so scared about becoming a landlord. And so Wayne's like, okay, he printed off the Residential Tenancy Act for Alberta and was like, okay, we're going to read it. And then we're going to quiz each other on situations. If the tenant trashes our place, what do we do? If we like all, just any anything, if we need to evict somebody, if we need this and that. So like literally we studied the Residential Tenancy Act from start to finish and then spent our evenings quizzing each other on situations. So for Wayne, I don't think like if if any kind of lack of certainty creeps in, he just goes out and finds the certainty that he needs. Yeah. He's like, that's, I'd say like a superpower of yours. <laughs> but that's the thing is that like we, we have such complimenting like where he thrives and I lack, like yeah. we complement each other so well and my strengths are his weaknesses. So we are really easily able to overcome most things that come up because one of us has the strength needed to overcome it. Thank you. I, I, I didn't want to say that about myself. <laughs> it would have came across much differently. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's really interesting what you guys did. I think that's uh you know, the quiz thing, right? Um, it, it's almost like, investors trivial pursuit board game or something like that totally yeah you know it's maybe maybe if you guys have those questions still written down you can make that up i don't know i yeah i preparedness is 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 a big thing for me and and maybe it's maybe there's some underlying um uh, psychological issues or mental issues like I'm, i'm very very dedicated and and passionate about it and i I don't half ass things and well here's Sorry. No, please. Well, I was going to say, here's a question then. It sounds like just because of the situation, you guys, like you were ready to go right away. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it was more the uncertainty on Gabby's part that held you back. So how much preparedness did you actually need before you were ready to take that first step? Not, not very much. 
I, like from the moment I read that book, I was reading the next book. I was listening to podcasts. I was like, I was on it. And though, you know, looking back, I, I look at myself, you know, eight years ago, I'm like, man, you didn't know anything. But I, I think that you need to have a little bit of hope and a little bit of um, uh, grit and, and just to, just to trust that the process will work and surround yourself with the right people. And, you know, I started, you know, joining different groups and stuff like that uh, when we did. And, and I just knew that whatever problem did come up, there was always an answer. You just had, it was a matter of finding it. So um, sitting around and reading books and not doing anything just has never been for it's me. not in your DNA. It's not in my <laughs> DNA. And I think that's most entrepreneurs, right? And, and lots of people become real estate investors and they're not necessarily entrepreneurs. Maybe they're not necessarily built for this. Um, and, and they'll do great things. They'll get a couple properties. But for me, it was always like skyscrapers. And you know what I mean? Like just being the best possible version of myself that I could always be. And that, it's, it's, that's, that goes way back into high school and sports and and uh, starting a band. Like I always, you know what I mean? The other guys are plucking strings and and hitting the hi-hat. Just They just wanted to play. Me, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to Phoenix. <laughs> like it was always like we're hiring a manager so it's always been kind of ingrained in me and uh yeah it is it is my superpower but uh, you know i do have flaws and, and and gabby compliments those flaws so perfectly i poke all the holes in all of his plans like I right. think that's a big a big job of mine is like well wait a minute what about this and what about that and he's like oh yeah okay <laughs> and, and well, i, and I and I coach a lot of people now too. And, you know, same thing. One of the first questions I ask is, well, first thing is, do you, do you want to be a real estate investor and financial freedom? Or do you want to be a rock star? Like, this is a very different approach to how you're going to do this. The second question is always, where's your wife or your spouse? In this? Yeah. Because uh, uh, I don't think it's possible to do it without a partner. I don't. Or not without your partner is what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. So Gabby, I want to ask you the same question now. How much preparing do you need to do before you take the first step? You know what? If, if I didn't have Wayne's influence and Wayne saying, this is what we're going to do and I need you to be on board, I would have never embarked on this journey. And so for me, trusting him as my partner and knowing that he wouldn't get us into something to <clears throat> our demise, um, I trusted him and he gave me the assurance that I needed to kind of overcome some of those insecurities. So I think it was like those initial conversations were really important about, you know, being vulnerable about what my insecurities were, what my fears were, and having him be able to come in and say, okay, well, let's study this thing. Let's let's make sure that you feel comfortable in those types of things. So, um, you know, like depending on the dynamic of, you know, who you're working with, if they're able to help you overcome that, then me just having that trust in him was enough for me to say, okay, I'm in, we'll do this. And please keep assuring me along the way. <laughs> right. And so it, the communication as well. Right. So it sounds like, uh, I guess like whichever partner is the one that sort of initiates it. I mean, cause I went through a very similar thing. My wife would try to poke holes in the plan. And at first she's poking lots of holes in my plans. They're, they're, they're not able to be read when she's done with them. And then eventually, you know, she tried and her pencil broke. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, once, once you can, um, once the, uh, once, once they're confident that you, you know what you're doing maybe, and you've, you've got some of the answers, at least to the questions that get asked. Um, that's a big key, right? Absolutely. Let's go back to like the why and the beliefs and the vision and that's why, you know, I asked that question very early on because I want the, 
the, the, the person that I'm talking to and, the, and their partner to have a good conversation about what do you really want in life? Because it, I think that if you can build a vision of what you want your life to be like early on together and you draw it out and you paint it and then you guys, then it's easier for you guys to get to, for, for the spouse to, to trust that this is why they're doing it. But you know, your example of um, your wife poking holes until he couldn't even recognize it anymore. That can actually be very, you know, debilitating for, for, for you. Because you come in, you're like, honey, we got this amazing thing. I'm going to build this for us and everything else. And it's going to be amazing. And then she goes, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> and how do you lead? How do you feel after that? You feel, I'm not, I'm not putting your wife down, I'm not putting you down. But like, as me, I, that, that really like affected me where like, I go to this event and I hear this thing and I thought it was the greatest idea. It's like, you're coming home and you know, you, you drew this amazing picture for mom and dad. And then, you know, dad's like, Meh, whatever, you know, <laughs> it really yeah. And, and do you think that I go and I take the, that and I, I go and build that thing that I wanted to do? No, I, I feel really crappy and I walk away and I'm like, fine. Well, I think that there's definitely a difference between somebody saying, uh, responding to a plan, like, I don't even want to hear it, as mm -hmm. opposed to, okay, you know, and step two here, what, what exactly happens there? And if you go, well, I don't know. You know, that's the difference, right? You got to have, like, once you have the answer to step two, when they ask you, okay, well, once we get there, what, what happens next? And you go, oh, let me tell you, here's what happens. Yeah. Then, you know what I mean? So, so I think it, it, it comes down to, uh, like, I mean, the education that you got in the first place, yeah. right? So there, there is a, well, there's never a definitive answer. Like I, 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 um, I tried to be a bully, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I made up this thing on here where I just said, look, you know, I'm going to give anyone who's listening to this right now and they're starting out three months to educate themselves yeah. and then go and do something with it, you mm -hmm. know, because you're never going to know it all. And you do know those guys that hang out at the real estate investor clubs for three years and don't do anything, yeah. right? They just, I don't know, they, they, they want to be around entrepreneurial type people. I'm not really sure, but yeah. they're not doing anything, right? They're not making any moves. So that's why, you know, there's another book where the last book came from. You just got to say, okay, I have learned enough. I'm ready to take the steps and I'll keep on learning. I'm not going to mm -hmm. stop. Mm -hmm. One of the common things that I hear, you know, from those people in those rooms is that mm -hmm. a lot is that my wife isn't on board or my husband isn't on board. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to go back and sorry if I'm, I'm being a dead horse on this one, but I want to go back to that example where you went to your wife and you're like, honey, I got this amazing idea. And then she says, holy crap, fuck yeah, that's amazing. Let's do it. You'll have that thing done in a day, right? It's a very big difference where if someone started poking holes through it and you're like, you feel like you're defending yourself, probably take another two weeks in order to get that rolling. But if, if your spouse or your partner was right on board with it and like, oh my God, that's amazing, honey, let's do it. I bet you you'd stay up till three o'clock in the morning getting that done because it meant so much to you. And that's why that's why I think it's super important to have that conversation with your wife and get them on board initially, because you're far more likely to actually go and get it done sooner rather than waiting three years trying to convince your wife and, you know, that whole slow process. So I, you know, again, like I, I think it's super important to have your partner on board. It's possible to do it without it. But I think if you want an ideal scenario, circumstance, and then definitely have your partner on board. Uh, my mind's going to when you're talking about that is a, it's a healthy dose of skepticism. But if you're not on the on the if you don't see the same end in mind and the end looks yeah. way different, 
then you're not going to, the skepticism is going to be, well, I'm skeptical because it's not going to get us to that end. Yeah. But if the skepticism's on, well, because they're on a totally different path than you and they're thinking, well, it's not good for my vision of this, then mm-hmm. that's where you're going to be misaligned, right? And and that healthy skepticism is not going to be very healthy. Where mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm an overly optimistic person too, generally. I need a little bit of skeptic in my life because yeah. it's going to keep me on track with the right, you know. So I think um, I see a lot of value in some skepticism at times. Um, but sure. it's got to be as long as you're in alignment on the total journey and the path, that's where it's advantageous versus um, detrimental, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually, I'm glad you said that because for a long time with Wayne trying to get me like really <clears throat> on board, I think he was telling me what he thought I would want out of life like this will get us this and we can have this but those weren't actually things that meant anything to me or that I wanted or like if we get to this place or in this many years we'll be able to afford this but like that wasn't driving me I was just like okay like and so once we finally like actually more kind of recently within the last couple of years yeah um you know like how to sit down about like what do you want what do I want and we're two very different people. We come from very different upbringings, different provinces. I'm small town. He's big city. Um, we're very different people. And so once we realized, okay, we want like our, our end goals aren't the same, but how can we make, how can we put them together? And so it's like, okay, he could sacrifice where we live. I could sacrifice, you know, this. So like we, we realized that we could build a dream together based Mm -hmm. on our, the different things that we wanted. And that's when things really started clicking, I think, for us. Your journey took a huge turn. Yeah. Gabby, because Gabby was always the good soldier, just, you know. Doing what I had to do. Doing what you had to do. (laughs) And she never complained about it very much. (laughs) And and that was it. She's like, yeah, I understand. But she wasn't passionate about it until we had that kind of moment where we finally kind of drew that picture of what life was going to be like and what we were going to do when we woke up, when we were going to wake up, where's Everly going to school, our daughter? Um, You know, what are we doing for lunch? Where are we going to be? Just like almost like just playing out our day of our perfect life. And once we we got it to a point where it was something that we could both be passionate about, Gabby's um, like just took a huge turn. I mean, like you started, Gabby started, um, she took some courses on um, running masterminds. Um, what she wanted to do was she wanted to start a women's mastermind. So she kind of wanted to share this experience and this journey that she's had because she's, she can relate to it, the, the, the resistant uh, wife or partner. And she wanted to start putting masterminds together to empower more women on the journey that, uh, the, the, the journey that she's been on and revolving that around real estate investing. And it's- that's, a, that's, a, that's an extremely interesting point and a very important one, I think, you know, to, to, to make this sort of click with uh, whoever your whoever your uh, spouse is, is that you know if if I went to my wife and said if we um, if we invest in two three years we can buy a boat, my wife would be like I don't want a boat. Why would I exactly. like leave me out of it? Yeah, but you if you can get on track of where you guys want to be. You know, yeah. even even before, like, because a lot of people start once you get into uh, real estate investing, you start planning out, um, doing like working out all these plans, like almost right away. It's one of the first sort of things that you get into, right, with it. Um, but before that, a lot of people don't. So, yeah. okay, there's our advice for the day, guys. If you're if you're if you're wanting to get your wife on board, 
pull at her heartstrings, find out what it is that she wants and go, hey, that's what we are going to be able to do yeah. if we get this house. You can also get the boat and like she can have her extra vacation or something. You can do both. You don't Absolutely. have to buy get the boat. Yeah. You might have to just buy a couple more properties. You just don't mention the boat, Sandy. You mention <laughs> yeah. the, exactly. the boat okay. comes right. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your podcast. You've got a podcast you've been doing for a while now, too. Yeah. Tell us about that. It is literally revolving all around what we're kind of talking about right now. And, you know, I called it the Real Estate Investor Dad Podcast. Um, not necessarily just dads on there. It's just, you know, me being a real estate investor dad and the life and, it's, it's about the balance, the integration, whatever you want to call it, that work-life balance of being a dad, being a mom, whatever, having a dog, having a job, having a baseball team, and then trying to build a real estate portfolio, having this dream. And a lot of people, they say, well, that's easy for you. You, you don't do this, or I got this, and I have to do this, and I can't do that because my husband doesn't like this. And um, so it's I like to have people on to kind of share their experiences and their routines to kind of shine a light on that to show that there are people who are in your same situation or, or circumstances that are prevailing and that, that can do it and you can do it too. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what we, that's why I built the podcast. It's been fantastic. We've been running it for just about two years now. Um, and I'm learning every time, every time I put an episode on or every time I have an interview, I'm learning as well. So it's, it's been a really fun experience. So people yeah, absolutely. Find where can people hear that? Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all yeah, fully syndicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, and one I, more time, what are you calling it? Uh, real Estate Investor Dad Podcast. So if you type in real estate investing, and you'll see Breakthrough Real Estate as number one. And then if you scroll down about maybe a couple, maybe around 10, you'll see Real Estate Investor Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've just been doing you guys have been number one for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> just been trying to get right beside you guys. <laughs> What about the master, uh, the mastermind too, Gabby? Tell us a bit about that. Where can people find out more info on that? Yeah, so um, I'm actually in the process of um, rebuilding a website. Um, I just took it down from a site that I was using. But in the meantime, I am on social media on Facebook and Instagram as myself, Gabby Hillier, and then it's Dash Mastermind Facilitator. And um, I think the best thing to do is just message me and I can get all the details um, out. I actually, I'm looking at starting up another group pretty soon here, just yeah. trying to kind of, we're actually gearing up for a move. We're going to be moving and we have a lot going on right now. Our daughter's about to go online for the last couple months of school. So yeah. just trying to get our life settled and then get another group running. So yeah. and is that is that a Canada wide group uh, or beyond that or uh, Canada wide? Yeah, I initially had thought, OK, it'll be Edmonton based and um, COVID. We can't meet up in person. So we're online. And then it's like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, online means they can be anywhere. So, yeah, yeah it, it turned out that my first group was all Edmonton based. Um, but now it's kind of expanding out. I have people in all different parts of Alberta. I have members in Ontario. So, yeah, it's kind of catching word that it's Canada based and it's nice to kind of get the different perspectives as well. Um, that's kind of one of the questions that people have when they're not in Alberta is, you know, do you think it would be beneficial for me here in Ontario um, to join? And I love the perspective of the different markets and, you know, you never know what somebody's going to say. It's like Ontario and Alberta are so different and maybe 
some of the members here in Alberta would love to invest in Ontario and you're yeah. now an expert on the Ontario market, right? So there's just all these possibilities that emerge when we kind of expand the geographical horizons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and for anyone who is interested in that, um, all the links are going to be in the show notes. So just jump over there and you'll be able to, um, you know, hook up with these guys. Uh, so last question, I guess, what's next for you? Oh boy. Well, uh, I am, I have my financing business, my, my, my rental and financing business, and that's, that's, that's growing pretty significantly. Um, and just keep buying more properties. I mean, I, I'm kind of living a pretty good life right now. Like we have a roadmap on, on how we want to get to that thing that we, that we painted. Uh, we didn't actually paint it, but I just say, <laughs> uh, we, we have a roadmap. We're on track, but, um, just making sure that every day in between that we're not just like head down, we have to get there. Like we're enjoying ourselves. I left my job last summer. Um, and now we spend every day together. We have breakfast and lunch and I do podcasts. She does her thing. I do my thing. We drop off the little one at school. So we have a really great life right now. And we're moving, you know, into a new house and we're just going to keep on keeping on what we have in our roadmap and just keep buying properties and doing more deals and, and helping other people along the way. That's great. Congratulations guys too on that. And that's a big, big move, you know, to be able to, um, I guess, turn to this full time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, I see a lot of people that are like, Oh, I need to get a hundred properties or 200 properties. And they'll ask me, Hey Wayne, well, if you, if you're so good at getting a green for sales, why don't you have 50 or why don't you have a hundred properties? I don't want a hundred properties. I know exactly how many properties I need in order to get to my goal. And I know exactly how I'm going to do it. And I'm just working at that pace. There's no need to go. I could totally get, you know, three more joint venture partners this weekend if I wanted to. That sounds a little cocky, but I, I could, like if I really wanted to, and I wanted to go all in on it, I could, but why, why, why jeopardize now, you know, for a little bit farther later? I think we're right on, we're right on course. We're at, we're at a great pace and just enjoying life. Excellent. Excellent. I guess, um, well, I do have one. I do. I actually do have one more question for you guys. So okay. I lied that that wasn't the last one. Um, I, I like to find out if there's a piece of info or advice that's um, always stuck with you guys and how it helped you. <laughs> you have to ask us individually because it's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first? Um, I think the biggest piece or I guess the yeah the biggest piece of knowledge that I've gained that's changed my life the most has just been the the realization that each day when you wake up you have the choice to choose your mindset and that you can let all the external things impact you and use them as like oh Wayne was in a bad mood and now I'm in a bad mood and those types of things, or you can wake up and just decide that it's going to be a freaking awesome day. And having the power to make that choice every day has changed my life dramatically. I used to have all the excuses of all the external things affecting me and all that sort of stuff. Once I took control of that and power of my own, my own life and my own mindset, I've been a much happier person. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell that, uh, Emotional, logical, <laughs> two very different dynamics because mine is, uh, I think it was Seneca that said it, uh, it was, there's no such thing as luck. Luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. So I am constantly always preparing myself, making sure that I'm always certain if we're going back to certainty, 
Um, there's also another quote, and are you guys Game of Thrones fans? Yeah, I, I haven't seen one Game of Thrones episode. I don't know how. I, I, I know I'm probably. In the, I know I'm in the minority probably, but I haven't seen any of it. You know, I'll, I'll get. It's kind of a bad character example to reference, but little. <laughs> Little Finger had this quote in there. He said, don't fight in the North. Don't fight in the South. Fight everyone at all times. If oh. you live this way, you'll never be surprised. So that's, that's kind of the way that I operate my life. I'm always constantly thinking about every possible resource that I have, every possible relationship that I have. And if anything goes wrong, I always have an answer for it, which has obviously helped us, us out a lot, giving her that certainty and that trust. And I think as an entrepreneur, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of ingrained in us. We're always constantly thinking about the next move. So, I mean, that's, that's stuff that's always stuck with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he was an entrepreneur as well, right? Like- he was an entrepreneur. <laughs> you know what? I think he was misunderstood. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's great, guys. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we really appreciate um, you sharing. This it was super fun. Yeah, it was Thank a lot of fun, guys. Us. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Lots of, uh, lots of uh, well, we touched on a good, really topic we haven't talked about a lot the agreement for sales on the mm-hmm. show at least and uh and a lot of good practical just life advice which is kind mm-hmm. of fun to fun to go down that that that, that conversation with as well because this is this is a it's a life journey here it's not about all the properties like you said many times it's about the the life and what you're creating for yourself right mm-hmm. so you know it's 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 uh something that's worth talking about and worth worth um thinking about a little deeper than i think a lot of us do so Thanks for bringing that to, to our attention and the listeners' attention. I think that's a good, uh, great kind of thing to think about a little more and a little deeper. So um, we want to make sure everyone reaches out to you and listens to your show and both your shows, your masterminds. Go check all this stuff out. I think uh, you've got some great, valuable content out there that uh, that we want to make sure people get a hold of and uh, can go find it. So what's the best way to get in touch with you, either of you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, probably the easiest way. That's where we're most active on. Um, would you say the same? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. And again, we're going to have all the links in the show notes. So if you, if you guys missed it or you, uh, uh, you're driving or whatever, you can, um, you know, stop, pull over, safely look up the information and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, get in touch with these guys. So Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, 289-389-6846 or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. And people can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Thanks for every, uh, wow, I really messed that up. Thanks for listening again, guys, and we will see you next time. Have a good day. Thanks, guys.